Chargers star quarterback Justin Herbert deserves some of the blame for the Chargers 0-2 start, but the people saying that he isn't good or that he isn't clutch are just flat out wrong. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined, as always, by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons together, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen to the show wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, Daniel, we are going to buy or sell the Chargers' biggest storylines and overreactions from week two. Like, is Justin Herbert clutch? Is this going to be the last year that Brandon Staley is the head coach? And is K-9 really making a comeback? I mean, if, will Brandon Staley even make it through the season? I think it's another big one, too, but... This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. David, I like doing our buy and sell where we to get into the biggest charger storylines and overreactions because especially when you start the way the Chargers have started, right? There's a lot of things, you know, floating around. And like, feels like every year there's a point in the season where people start to wonder, is Justin Herbert good again, right? And after having two opportunities to go win games in the first two weeks and the Chargers offense falling short, now the biggest thing this week has been Justin Herbert just isn't clutch. Justin Herbert, it doesn't have the killer instinct. All of these things win. I don't know if the numbers really bear that out, and it's not something that I feel, even if uh, you know an unlucky kind of turn of events over the first couple of weeks, I would say the buyer sell is this, flatly, Justin Herbert isn't clutch. Sell, a thousand percent sell. I mean, you look at it and the numbers, they speak very loudly. 10 fourth quarter comebacks, 13 game winning drives. And oh, by the way, he's had to overcome one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Points per game allowed, 31.5, 30th. Yards per game allowed, 438, last. Passing yards, last. Yards per play, last. Big plays allowed, last. That's a lot to overcome for anybody, no matter who you are, no matter how talented you are. If you are having to play Superman and having to to do everything in your power to overcome a defense that's not doing you very many favors, it's really hard for me to sit there and side with that argument. Absolutely, Justin Herbert is a clutch quarterback, and if he had a defense that gave him just a little bit more stops, you would see that bear out on the field. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, another thing with him is, like, I think with really good quarterbacks, which I believe Justin Herbert to be, you know, top five quarterback in the NFL, good. Like, it's going to bear itself out over time, right, with with the bigger sample size. I mean, with him, though. You already get a pretty big sample size, and I have some context for some of those numbers. This is from Scott Kazmar, NFL writer on Twitter, or X, who put, had a chart of all the quarterbacks who've had at least 10 fourth-quarter comeback opportunities, meaning they have the ball, they're down one to eight points with a chance to go win the game, right? Justin Herbert has had 25 of those already in three-plus seasons, so he's been in that position more than other people. 
And his record is 10 and 15. 10 fourth quarter comebacks, 15 games where he couldn't get it done, which might seem low when you first look at it. But if I tell you that Patrick Mahomes is the number one player at doing it, and he's 16 and 16 in those opportunities, I think that gives you some better context to it. So the best person in the league at doing it is failing at it just as many times as they're getting it done. And that's Patrick Mahomes we're talking about, right? So if you're looking at just percentage, you have a chance for your team to come back, you're leading fourth quarter comebacks. Justin Herbert is seventh in the NFL, which is better than Aaron Rodgers, better than Joe Burrow, better than Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. I mean, just the list goes on and on. But I just think that with these two games, it it just looks bad. It looks worse than it actually is. Plus, David, like... (laughs) You think back to 2021 and that Raiders game, that's the most clutch performance I've seen by a quarterback ever, maybe, and the Chargers lost that game. But, like, no time left. You're on the 24-yard line. You throw a touchdown. Overall, you go six for seven on fourth down in that game, which was absolutely insane. It was just an absolute joke. I mean, it was unbelievable what he was able to do in that game. I mean, you point to another performance where you say that the quarterback did that. And you lost. I mean, it just doesn't happen. You just don't see it. Justin Herbert is absolutely clutch. And I'm tired of hearing that narrative that he isn't. Yeah, and I think it's just tough because you're coming off the Jaguars game, right? Obviously, many chances to win that game for the Chargers offense. And you start this season with two chances for your offense to go win you the game. You didn't do it. Uh, I mean, it's tough because they do ask him to do everything. And they've just put him in the situation so many times that when he doesn't come through and he can't play hero, people kind of kind of overreact to it a little bit. But, I mean, you can look back as recently as the Titans game last season when the game's on the line, him leading to that field goal, that incredible throw to Mike Williams to set up the game-winning field goal. I mean, we've seen him do it plenty of times. I'm not worried about it. I think he has plenty of killer instinct, right? Not everyone's Patrick Mahomes. There's only one of those, right? And it feels like Patrick Mahomes wins all of those games when in reality he's winning them <laughs> he at a 50% it. clip, right? Yeah. So, like, I think those numbers are important when you talk about that. Justin Herbert... Seventh in the NFL of anyone who's had 10 of those opportunities is pretty good considering he's, you know, started the season this year the way that he has. And he's only a few of them away from jumping up to like top. Well, and how many turnovers has Justin Herbert had this year? Yeah. Zero. Zero. Yeah. I mean, and like, and the thing is, I know people are bringing up Philip Rivers and stuff. And like, I love Phil, but like, a lot of games ended in game losing interceptions, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Yes. Justin Herbert has taken care of the ball incredibly well, which I think goes to a lot of his credit. And they're obviously very different quarterbacks, but like, every, you can you can pull up stats for any of these guys and you're going to find, you know, Justin Herbert is right there um, with a lot of the clutch quarterbacks that you would bring up. So let's get to the rest of these buy or sells here, David. Brain and Staley will be fired. By the end or before the end of the season, he will be fired mid season. Are you buying or selling that? I'm selling it. It's just the Chargers don't do this. I mean, it just it does not happen. You look back the last four or five head coaches, they do not fire coaches in the middle of the season. You have to go back to 1998 for the last time that the Chargers fired somebody in the middle of the season, and that was after they went six and 16 as the head coach of the Chargers. Yeah, and, you know, for context, Brian Staley is 19-17, and 17, right? So has a winning record, 19-18 and 18 if you include the playoffs. But, yeah, that was Kevin Gilbride who got fired six games into the 1998 season. After losing four straight games, they were 2-4, and four and they let him go. I think Brandon Staley going 0-4 in the bye week is a chance for it to happen. I mean, if they go 0-4 and, and lose to the Vikings and the Raiders specifically, I don't know, man, because you have the, the Cowboys after that. I don't know if he survives that, right? Just even though the Chargers don't normally do it, if you're 0-4 with Justin Herbert and this team, this roster, 
That's crazy. But going back to 1998, Kevin Gilbride, that was Ryan Leaf's rookie season in which he got fired. At the point of his firing, Ryan Leaf had one touchdown and 15 turnovers <laughs> in those six games. Just to show what? you kind of a glimpse of what the, the Ryan Leaf experience was as, you know, one of the biggest busts ever. Who's totally, That you know, is incredible taking ownership of it and is doing a lot of cool stuff now but yeah let's sneak this one in here david we don't i, I mean i'm gonna sell mid-season i think it's still more than likely than not he finishes out the regular season whether you think he should or not right whether they've been better hands i think if they did fire him probably would go to kellen moore because i know a lot of people are wondering that i think it would go to Moore just because he was a legitimate head coaching candidate before he came to yeah, the their offensive coordinator yeah. but Let's go with this. Brandon Staley, though, will be Chargers head coach in 2024. David, are you buying or selling that? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, really tough one. I think just right now when you look at how the season has unfolded, I don't know if you can come to any other conclusion but to 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 sell that. I mean, it just it has not looked right, and yeah. you just can't really point to any performances other than you know maybe one or two where you can say, Brandon Staley outcoached the other opponent. Um, so, yeah. yeah, at this moment in time, yeah, I, I got to sell it. I'm selling it, too. I mean, because I only have what I have to go off this season so far. This is from Daniel Popper because this is the thing. I think before the season, I felt like you needed the playoffs and a playoff win. Yeah. And the playoffs are kind of spinning away rapidly. So, Popper said, since 2000, only 18 of 180, 187 teams to start 0-2 have made the playoffs. Since 2020, when they ended up having seven teams make the playoffs, only one of 23 teams that started 0-2 made the playoffs. That was the Bengals last year. So have to sell that right now. But there are more buyer sales. Like, did we just see the best game ever from Kenneth Murray? Is Tui Tui Polo to the best charger, the next Chargers edge rusher great? We're going to get into that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about Jace Case from Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, and that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency situation. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. David just got his Jace Case that he's pretty stoked about. This is about preparedness, right? And I mean, the Chargers aren't a great example of that. You don't want to be unprepared like the Chargers. This is a way to make sure that you're prepared. And I mean, I do have family members that rely on very important medication to get by. If something were to happen, if they were stuck in a bad situation, I would want to know that I have something to help them out. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. I also need to tell you guys about America's number one sportsbook because it's time to snap into the NFL action with FanDuel because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. You make the bet. You're getting $200 in bonus bets. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action because the app is so easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. You're not going to get better odds right now for the Chargers to go win the Super Bowl. I said that the other day. It's still true. You're going to get very good odds on it. But this weekend, the Chargers are opening up as one-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Vikings in Minnesota. For the first time this season, the Chargers will not be favored going into one of their games Definitely understand that. I mean, after what we've seen so far. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right 
FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's get back into these buy or sells here, David, because defensively, we talked about some of the silver linings from yesterday's game. Kenneth Murray being one of them. Tuli Tuli Pelotu, who we'll get into as well. And a little low-key Chargers run defense making an appearance on today's show because, hey, we said, show me against the Titans. They had pretty good run defense against the Titans, specifically against Derrick Henry, who didn't really do too much against this Chargers defense. But let's start with Kenneth Murray, David. Obviously, one of the most criticized Chargers by fans and analysts and, you know, anonymous executives alike. Uh, it's pro football focus for sure, a hater of Kenneth Murray. I think you get that oh, on yeah. there, too. But to me, David, I saw a ton of splash plays from Kenneth Murray on Sunday. Like, that was a game where I felt the impact of Kenneth Murray. And there haven't been, I mean, just to be honest, a lot of games where I felt that, honestly. So, the buyer sell is this. Maybe it's too far out there, but we just saw the best game of Kenneth Murray's career. Yeah, I mean, honestly, looking at it from this perspective, I'm going to say that it's a buy. Just because I haven't, I can't remember the last time where Kenneth Murray had his fingerprints all over a defensive game plan. And he did it with a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation that he's had ever since he, the chargers traded up, traded two picks to, to go get him. And and he has not really lived up to that billing or anywhere close to that. But in this game, he was all over the place. He had 10 tackles. He had a sack where he timed it perfectly, and he was pretty much in on Tannehill before he even got into his drop. I mean, it was yeah. fantastic. And just made some great tackles, read and react, where he went, found the hole, filled the hole, and ran through the ball carrier. And I love that. And I think that's what we all have been waiting for with Kenneth Murray because yeah. it's always been Kenneth Murray has all kinds of talent. He has all the physical ability. Where is it? On the football field, I think we saw an example of that against the Titans. Got to give Kenneth Murray his flowers because Lord knows we have trashed this man a lot <laughs> over the years. He earned it in this one. Great performance. Yeah, it was really nice to see. I mean, it, it like one of the things we've talked about before is like, hey, you don't need Kenneth Murray to be Ray Lewis, right? Like you just want to hope that he can be average and not be a total liability. Yeah. In the middle of this defense, and he was anything but that on Sunday, even when a terrible, you know, defense performance in some ways, he was fine. I mean, even pro football focus liked him. Ranked 26 out of 53 linebackers that had at least 40 snaps, in, you know, in the last weekend. So that's nice to see. I mean, he's had better pro football focus grades before. Last year down the stretch, he had some really good games, according to them. And he was good during that four-game stretch. I remember him in the Dolphins game breaking up a pass, playing pretty well when, you know, they did well against the Dolphins, which was great. Uh, but I think context is important. Not having Eric Hendricks out there, being the green dot for the night, had a great open field tackle to force a Titans field goal, did have a dumb roughing the passer penalty. I don't think it's a crazy buy here. I mean, it, I didn't get to watch his whole career before we did this show, so it's hard to say. But I would say, yeah, one of the better, more impactful games I can remember from him. I mean, even the best game I think of is like rookie year, the Patriots game. He had a ton of tackles and run defense in a game they lost like 40 to zero. This one was a little bit more impactful, even in another loss. But let's talk about this, David. Tuli Tuli Pelotu, who now we have some of the numbers on him, put together a really, really good game, but also just had some incredibly good flashes where it's like, whoa, it's crazy that this dude is doing this in his second career NFL game. So the buy or sell is this, David. Early, obviously, but the Chargers have found their next great edge rusher in Tuli Tuli Pelotu. I know it's early, uh, but I've seen a lot of different players get cycled in to that edge rusher role. 
and I haven't really seen anybody been able to make an impact as quickly. I think for me, it was obvious in the preseason with what he was doing, with the way he was splitting double teams, with the way he was yeah. being physical on the edge. I am going to buy it. I like everything that I see from Tuli Tui Pelotu. I love the run defense. Like I said, we saw him split two different offensive linemen. We saw him also be very unselfish. He took two offensive linemen out to free up Joey Bosa to get that sack. Uh, also ca causing all kinds of pressure himself, but he just doesn't look like phased. He doesn't look like the moment is too big for him. He's ready and he's making plays. And I think that's going to continue. His snaps are going to keep going up and up and up. And I think the plays are going to continue to follow. Like saying all those things is crazy for any, you know, first year player, two games into their career. But also considering the fact that the dude turned 21 a week before the first game of the season is so nuts. young. For him to come in and look like he belongs that quickly right away, I mean, he did have two missed tackles. He just missed another really, really good tackle for loss where he got in the backfield. But, man, he's a Tasmanian devil. Like, I yeah. think that's going to be part of it is kind of reining in some of it so he's more in control to go make some tackles. But, like, sure. you also don't want to rein it in too much because he should get an assist on both the Joey Bosa sacks. Oh, yeah. The first one to split a double team on a stunt that they were running. I love the way that he just had him roaming around the line of scrimmage like we used to see from Melvin Ingram getting yeah. him and Joey Bosa on the same side. But, yeah, the first one, he splits a double team on a stunt. Joey Bosa gets in for the sack. He's right there as well, beating the double team. And then on the second Joey Bosa sack, he absolutely blew up the guard. Ryan Tannehill ends up going a little bit and kind of floating to the right where Joey Bosa's waiting arms were. So that combination is going <laughs> to be nasty this upcoming season. Oh, I'll yeah. sell it for now just because, like, hey, that's a, a litany, you know, Sean Merriman, Sean yeah. Phillips. Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, that's elite company to put him in two games in. But sure. two sacks, according to Pro Football Focus, I had him with one. But three total pressures, a tackle for loss, four tackles, assists on the Joey Bosa tackles. I, it, it's hard for me to be more impressed than I am with Tui, Tui Pelotu. Some incredible flashes, was incredibly yeah. disruptive. I love it. I mean, not much more I can say than that. But another buy or sell here, David. The Chargers have finally fixed their run defense. We said it last week. We went through this. We sold it. We said we needed to see more. Wanted to see him against Derrick Henry. Well, now we know how that went. Are you buying it or selling it this week? Yeah. I mean, another tough one just because, hey, against the Dolphins, 20 carries, 70 yards. Sounds great. Three and a half yards a carry, but they threw for 400 plus on you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then in this game, you know, you're going up against King Henry and, you know, hey, there's a lot of expectations for that guy and, and what he does to opposing defenses and the chargers did very very well again against him 25 carries only 80 yards that's 3.2 yards per carry and one rushing touchdown but tajay spears had eight carries for 49 yards and that was 6.1 yards per carry yeah. so i'm not ready to sit here and buy it yet I see some encouraging signs, yeah. but that's not enough to wash away the last two and a half years of one of the worst run defenses in the NL and in, in the NFL for me. So I'm yeah. selling it for now. I just need to see a couple of more performances before I jump on board. Yeah, I mean, I'd buy it as much as I could at this point, and considering the fact that I mean, I I, I would buy that the Chargers' run defense has improved. I, yeah, I do think it that. has improved, right? I mean, I don't think it's as bad, as much of a liability. They allowed 5.4 yards per carry the entirety of last season. Like, that's insane. But it's through two games, the Chargers are allowing 3.9 yards per carry, right? The Dolphins win, ran the ball all over the Patriots in their second yeah. game. So, I mean, that per first performance looks a little more impressive now. Yeah. So, doing what they did against Derrick Henry, I think the Tajay Spears part of it that is tough is, like, 
they found those outside runs, and those can still be a problem. Got a couple of chunk plays on those. I mean, they had him bottled up for most of the game. But, yeah, a couple of big runs, I think, kind of skewed things. But still, even in that game, you give up 141 yards. It's only 4.1 yards per carry, which is so much better than we've seen from them in the past. I think it's better. I'm not sold that it's totally fixed. But, hey, they're 15th in rushing yards allowed, 15th in yards per carry allowed. I will take average every single day of the week. I just need their secondary to not be totally in shambles and be giving up 20 of 24 to Ryan Tannehill and 466 yards to to Tonga Valoa. But that's a conversation for another day. I have some offensive buyer sales I want to get into, including David. Is it time to start being worried about Quentin Johnson and his slow start after the Chargers used their first-round pick on him? We're going to talk about that. And if Keenan Allen could potentially get 10 touchdowns coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And all you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. And it's super easy to you. I've gotten my entries in super late. On Sunday morning football, making those fantasy adjustments, getting in on my daily fantasy sports with prize picks. And hopefully you guys picked the right picks last week. But for the upcoming game against the Vikings, you go with Justin Herbert more or less than 295 and a half passing yards. Or considering how the Chargers secondary has been playing, maybe you could go with Kirk Cousins more than or less than 277 and a half passing yards. But all you guys have to do is go to prizepeaks.com slash LockdownNFL, and you can get a first deposit match up to $100 and use the promo code LockdownNFL. That's prizepeaks.com slash LockdownNFL with the promo code LockdownNFL for that deposit match up to $100. Prizepeaks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, David, I want to continue these buy or sells here, but that's just for today's show. As you guys know, we will be back with you the rest of the week. On tomorrow's show, we want to get into some fan mail stuff because we want to hear from you guys. I know a lot of you guys want to vent. We are here for that. You can hit us up on X at LockdownLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer at DrotalkSDX, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. You can hit us up anywhere. You can hit us up in the YouTube comments as long as there's not 500 like there was on yesterday's show. We should be able to find it. But shout out to the Everydayers for giving us each game recap our first and second best YouTube shows of all time. We really, really appreciate you guys. So thank you, especially after these tough losses. So let's get into some more buy or sells here, David. And I see a lot of people worried about Quentin Johnston. Obviously, not a ton of production over the first couple of games. Hard to imagine he could have much less production over the first couple of games. And I mean, this is going to be under the microscope because the Chargers have a team that has a lot of good players, but you would hope that your first-round pick would be helping you in these games, and you're 0-2, and now it's like, okay, well, should you pick someone else in the first round? Obviously, it's super early, but the buyer-sell is this. Is it time to be worried about the Quentin Johnson pick? Absolutely not. It is not time to be worried about the Quentin Johnson pick, and I am going to tell you exactly why. Once upon a time, the Chargers drafted a wide receiver in the first round by the name of Mike Williams. And I am going to remind you of his first uh, season in the NFL. That was 10 games, 11 catches, 95 yards, and zero touchdowns. And are we all worried about Mike Williams now? Not at all. We know what Mike Williams can do. We all know what he brings to the table. The point is this. Quentin Johnston has played two NFL games in his NFL career. It is not anywhere close to time. This move was not just for this year. This move was for the future. Quentin Johnston is going to be here under contract for at least four years. 
So it's way, way, way too early to be talking about that whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Pump the brakes on that. And the Chargers coaches told us as much, right? I mean, it, it's kind of what we saw through most of the pre the off season, right? Not yeah. the preseason as much. He made some big plays in the preseason, but he has three catches for 16 yards in two games. I, I mean, I think Chargers fans were hoping this would be a vertical threat. We haven't really seen that, right? We haven't really seen the explosiveness in use. Like we haven't really seen him get used in open space. I would like to see him more involved. I mean, I think the thing that's tough, right, is the person who's kind of edging him out and getting way more snaps is Josh Palmer, who has four catches for 17 yards. So three catches for 16 yards for Grenton Johnson, four catches for 17 yards for Josh Palmer. Yeah, you got to mix that up a little more. It's not like Josh Palmer is, you know, running away with the wide receiver three job. No. This was a little concerning. Tyler Schoon, guilty as charge, pointed out. Darius Davis actually out-snapped Quentin Johnson offensively, 11 snaps to 10 snaps. So obviously pretty close. Darius Davis used as that kind of gadget player had a huge fourth down conversion in this last yep. game. Look nice. I like that they're using him. Yeah. But I think you'd like to see, you know, Quentin Johnston getting some of those jet sweeps or those yeah. wide receiver screens and, and things options, like that. Man. Yes. Yeah, that's what he was brought in for. So I'm not worried about it. I'm going to sell it right now. I, you know, wide receivers, you can know pretty soon after they're drafted in certain situations, but it was always going to be a little bit different with him with the kind of established group that the Chargers had. But the yeah. whole reason you go get someone like that is because he brings something to the table that none of those other guys bring. And I think that's yeah. why you want to see him on the field more. So let's get to this one. That's a lot more fun, David. You had this by yourself before the show, and I think it's a great one. Keenan Allen will score 10 touchdowns in 2023. Are you buying or selling that? I know this is a really difficult one out there because he has never eclipsed never. 10 touchdowns yeah. in his NFL career. He has actually only made it to eight and that was about four years ago. I mean, it was four years and ago. And FanDuel had him at five and a half, I think, for his over-under this season. Him and Mike Williams at five and a half. Yeah, now I'm going, uh, I'm actually going to buy it. I think, and I've said it many times before, and I'm going to say it again. Keenan Allen, no, no, not five. I think he's going over 10 this year. I've said Keenan Allen is going to have one of the biggest seasons of his NFL career. And if you look at his pace so far, he's definitely on pace against the Dolphins, six for 76 and on nine targets uh, against the Titans, eight for 111 on 10 targets, two touchdowns, and he's averaging 93.5 yards per game. The targets are there. The catches are there. And also, by the way, it would probably surprise you to find out that the biggest reception or longest pass play of the year has gone to Keenan Allen, not Mike Williams, not Quentin Johnston, not Gerald Everett is gone to Keenan Allen. So Keenan Allen is a focal point. I think they want to use him in the red zone. And I like his prospects of getting 10 touchdowns this season. I'm going to buy two. And it's mostly because I can see how the Chargers are trying to involve him a lot more in the red zone, right? Like the fake screen passes last week to get in that touchdown. The first touchdown that he had just Justin Herbert straight up heroics on that one. But yeah, feels like he's more of a target in the red zone this year. He should have had one. He was inches away in the first game. He should have three through two games, right? Which would put him well on pace to eclipse that 10 touchdown mark. But he's been great. I mean, Keenan Allen said he was coming out with a chip on his shoulder because he hated Madden ratings. And he has done it full heartedly, right? So let's get to this one or wholeheartedly, but let's get to this last one really quick. David, buy or sell this. The Chargers run game can be successful without Austin Eckler. Yeah, I'm going to buy it um, because of Josh Kelly's performance in the first game. I mean, not only did Austin Eckler perform very well against the Miami Dolphins going over 100 yards, 
But Josh Kelly was right there on the verge of eclipsing 100 yards himself. And I also have yeah. a lot more confidence in Kellen Moore's rushing schemes just in general that you're not going to be going up against the Tennessee Titans run defense every single week. They do that to everybody. They, they yeah. shut down Agreed. everyone. They were the number one run defense in the NFL last year, and it seems like they're on pace to do that again this year. So I absolutely believe that this Chargers rushing attack will get it going again without Austin Eckler hopefully not not for too long but I do believe that they can be productive yeah I mean I don't think I, that's not the part that I would be worried about I mean I didn't expect them to have a great rushing attack I mean I think you saw the scheme isn't you know defense proof if you're going to go up against a really tough defense it's going to affect things even with yeah. a better scheme but the Titans haven't allowed a 70 yard rusher since week one of 2022 so I mean <laughs> it, it, that's more of a Titans thing than I think a Chargers thing. But I do think you saw the impact that Austin Eckler serves on this offense oh, yeah. in this game overall. The Chargers desperately missed Austin Eckler. I don't think they lose that game if Austin Eckler plays. Yeah. And Josh Kelly obviously only averaged three yards per carry against him. But we'll know this week. If Austin Eckler can't play, the Vikings have allowed 332 rushing yards through the first two weeks of the NFL season. <laughs> so they'll have a chance against a team that's not going to be a great run defense. So. We'll talk about that more later, but that's going to wrap things up for today's show. I do have a request for you guys. We had some other teams fans go into our Apple podcast reviews and leave us one-star reviews because we didn't say nice things about the Titans. So if you guys, even if you're watching on YouTube, could go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. We will shout you guys out. We'd appreciate that. Just sucks seeing, you know, when you're working hard and then other teams fans don't want to see you succeed. So don't ask for a lot, you know, from you guys and don't like to, but that just sucks, right? And I think... It would just be really helpful for you guys. If you like the show, obviously, go leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We would appreciate it. But you can also find us every day wherever you get your social media from. If you're on X or Twitter, you can find us at LockdownLAC, where we will be getting into Chargers fan mail tomorrow, so you guys can hit us up with your questions on there. Or me at Dan Tonk Sports and David Drogemeyer at DrotalkSD. You can also hit us up on Instagram with your question at LockedOnChargers or on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page, as well as just the YouTube comments if you want to put your fan mail fan mail chargers mailbag question in the comments we will get it on tomorrow's show if we can so if you want to you can also call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924 you leave a 30 second question about the chargers it's likely to get on the show but that's gonna wrap things up for us today make sure you guys are back here for our chargers mailbag tomorrow we appreciate everyone make sure you don't miss the show go subscribe on the lockdown Chargers youtube channel wherever you get your podcast from apple Podcasts. hopefully get those ratings up we appreciate you guys but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow until then Take it easy and go Bolts.